Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hey, it's Rebecca, and today I'm here with my friend Jessica, who is the founder and creator of Holistic Keto Goddess, and we are going to be talking a little bit about the ketogenic diet. So Jessica, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to start your website? Sure. Um, so I am a nurse practitioner. I've been practicing for about 10 years now. I'm originally from Florida. I moved up here to uh, the mountains in North Carolina a few years ago. And I started my blog in January of this year. And the main reason that I started it was I wanted to give people the tools for wellness and not only through diet, but uh, through like a holistic type of wellness. I'm very excited to be able to impart knowledge to people that are wanting to learn how to improve their life <laughs> so so as I was studying your website over the past couple of months I I really like your start here section and you had some really good tips there that I thought this is great for people who even if they're not just starting out on ketogenic this is great so um, one of the things that you have in there is like how like what kind of things you want to have in your pantry or just like getting your ketogenic pantry right. So can you give me an idea about that? Right. Your ketogenic pantry, um, it should be full of healthy fats such as avocados, macadamia nuts, coconut oil, olives, sesame oil, MCT oil. It should also include stuff like grass-fed meat. This is all, this is all is grouped with healthy fats as well. Grass-fed meats, pastured eggs, uh, raw nuts such as macadamias, and any other animal-based omega-3 fats such as wild-caught salmon or any other type of wild-caught fish. Mm -hmm. um, seeds such as pumpkin seeds, uh, sesame seeds, cumin, hemp, um, some other things that might be good in your pantry would be stuff like vegetables, a lot of green vegetables um, because they have a lot of um, antioxidants. Um, when I say vegetables, I also was talking about leafy vegetables, I should say more so, such as kale, spinach, collard greens, um, you know, anything like that. Right. Yeah. Now, we put uh, some collaborations together on some keto menus, and I know that um, one of the ones that you did was a ketotarian style menu. Do you tend to follow more of like a ketotarian type ketogenic diet, or do you frequently eat more meats, or can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, um, I, I do tend to follow more of a ketotarian type of diet. Um, however, I do eat meat as well. I eat meat. And maybe like, tell us what I that say, means, ketotarian. Yeah. So ketotarian is basically you take the term keto and you take the term vegetarian and you group them together and you get basically the benefits of both worlds minus the, the bad things that both of them could incorporate. So um, when you when you follow a ketotarian diet, you kind of want to mainly stick to a lot of 
vegetables, lower carb type of vegetables. Um, also ketotarian is fish or, um, of course, while well, I call it fish, tofu, tempa, um, shrimp, mussels, oysters, that kind of thing, incorporating those things in your diet most of the time. And when, when you say ketotarian, you don't have to do it. When I say we just eat those type of, that I just eat those type of things, it's not that I eat those type of things all the time. I mean, I, I try to focus on those things, but I do incorporate chicken or even grass fed meat like once or twice a month. Well, I'll do chicken once a week and then I'll do grass fed meat maybe once a month. Mm -hmm. So I do try to incorporate those things, but when you're following keto, the ketotarian, like the, in Dr. Will Cole's book for the first um, 30 to 60 days, he says to avoid chicken or avoid grass fed beef and just focus on the foods that I just talked about, such mm -hmm. as seafood and eggs and lots of vegetables and tofu and tempa, um, just to kind of cleanse your body because of, of those processed because some some meats can be processed of course not all of them are and when i say processed i'm talking about hormones and pesticides that are added right so just i think he i think his whole thing is by doing just those types of foods for 30 to 60 days you're kind of cleansing your body mm -hmm. and then you can add them in after 30 to 60 days well i did a 30-day ketotarian cleanse back in December where I just did 30 day like low carb and I didn't have any any meat I had no meat at all I just had lots of vegetables and tofu and tempa and uh, I can't eat eggs because I'm allergic but um, you know eggs are wonderful they're full of omega-3 um, and I also had during that time I had salmon so I did that and then after that I've just been doing every week i just i try to have chicken once a week only and then the rest of the time i do vegetables every day i'll do like leafy green vegetables um, spinach or kale i'll do sprouts and i even maybe once or twice a week i'll do sweet potatoes to do a higher like a starchier vegetable because i like to cycle in carbs because mm -hmm. i'm at the point now where i've done I did my 30 days of keto and it's like, like, okay, I like to cycle in. I do believe in cycling carbs at least once or twice a week. So. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I love sweet potatoes. So that's something that I do no. as well. And when I shop for sweet potatoes, I always try to find the smallest ones I can get my hands on. I do on. too. I do too. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. yeah. Yeah. So once I do too, they, I get really small ones and like, yeah if you do like three ounce or something, I think it's like 15 net carbs or something. You just include that in your carb count and you save that mm -hmm. all day for that sweet potato. And yeah, so. Right. I do that I too. It, I so um, I do the sweet potatoes and then I really like black eyed peas and I have a couple mm. of recipes on my website that have a black, eyed, black peas. eyed peas. And so I try to yeah. just like monitor what yeah. I'm eating during the day. Monitor Exactly. Yeah. Save those yeah. carb allowances. Exactly. Black eyed peas or sweet potatoes. So that's cool. I really have portion control. I'm sorry. 
It's all about portion control, portions. Yeah. Yes. And I've thought about this a lot because I also tried to use the ketotarian, but I was like, I think I'm going to be hungry. (laughs) I really know. I think there should be, and maybe there is, you can tell me uh, like a pescatarian keto thing. Yeah. And so ketotarian's kind of, it's kind of too, in his book, he, he, he says, okay, it's okay to do fish. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can still be classified as ketotarian. Oh, if you eat fish, because yeah. you know, Dr. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hyman has a book about being a pegan, which is, I guess. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's the best yeah. of like paleo and vegan maybe. Um, nice. Thing. Okay. But he's mm-hmm. like a pescatarian vegan. I think he eats a lot of uh, fish as opposed to red meat and chicken. I'm not even really a big mm. fan of chicken, so I have no problem giving up chicken. Not either. So, no, I'm not either. I just, I just eat a little bit of meat because for the B12 factor and, mm-hmm. um, I'm not, there, there's certain um, deficiencies that are found with people. Uh, it's called an MTHFR deficiency with, um, that people need to eat meat in order to make B12 and for different enzymatic reactions in your body. So I haven't tested myself to see if I have it, but I just, that's why I eat (laughs) Right. For for that, only that reason, but. Right. Well, I was a raw vegan for a couple of years and I ended up with some health problems from that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I believe it. I believe it. Well, and iron are very important, but moving on, I'm going to ask you a little bit about intermittent fasting. So can you tell us like briefly what it is Mm -hmm. and who should be Mm -hmm. doing it and who should not be doing it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So intermittent fasting, um, I I love it. It's, it's great when incorporating it with the ketogenic diet. So when, when you're talking about intermittent fasting, it's basically you give yourself a time interval where you don't eat anything. And then you give yourself a window of time where you can't eat. Okay. Um, for example, if you were to do a, a 13 hour fast and you would be done eating by 9 p.m. at night, and then you wouldn't eat again until 9 a.m. the next morning. Okay. And then you can modify it however you want. Like if you were to do a 16 hour fast, you'd be done eating by 8 p.m. at night, and then you wouldn't eat till 12 p.m. the next day. So it's just, you're eating in a, basically a window of time and then you're not eating for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really good because what it's doing is it's giving your body a break from digestion. And by giving it a break from digestion, digestion is allowing it to focus on repair of your cells. So I think it's a wonderful tool um, not only for weight loss, but also to improve your health for like, as far as your mitochondria to help prevent cancer disease. So I, I love it. Um, but I do realize that it's not for everybody. And a lot of times people aren't able to do it. I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. Um, there are contraindications for intermittent fasting. Um, the ones that I am acutely aware of are like pregnancy or children under the age of 18, uh, those who are really malnourished or underweight, breastfeeding women. I have heard of some um, people that have maybe adrenal issues and thyroid 
I haven't heard of it being an absolute contraindication, but um, sometimes it can. I have read different articles where it can interfere with some of those hormones. Um, maybe if you're really monitored, your labs are monitored and you're supervised by a physician, maybe you could probably take on intermittent fasting in those aspects, but I think, you know, it has to be physician supervision. Some mm -hmm. other thing, people that should be cautious, but it's not a contraindication, is people that have gouts or um, taking prescription medications, um, diabetes, type one or type two, um, or even like gastroesophageal reflexes, like you know heartburn, that kind of thing. Um, diabetes actually, you know, it's not an absolute contraindication, which surprises people, but with type 2 diabetes, I've actually read that intermittent fasting can help reverse it. Now, I haven't done it myself as a nurse practitioner, but I've read about it, and I've read about it in this book. It's called The Complete Guide to Fasting. Hmm. It's by Dr. Jason Fung, and it's really good, and he has reversed a lot of type 2 diabetics by yeah. having people going extended days without food, some people as long as like a couple weeks. Right. Which and is kind of crazy. Yeah. He has extensive knowledge on the subject. I've read a lot of his articles. You've read his stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I think that's kind of crazy. The longest I, I have gone fasting has been three days and that was in March. Mm. And I was, <laughs> I mean, it was very difficult, but I made it, but yeah, mm -hmm. it wasn't a water fast. Yeah. I did broth and coffee. And that kind right. Of tea. I used to do a uh, bone broth fasts a lot and um yeah. that's it's, I feel like that's really helpful um it is it is but yeah I I was wondering about that and the reason I ask you about who should not is uh because I think I've read quite a bit about people with adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency and how intermittent fasting really isn't the best because it does put a little bit of stress on the body so uh, the cortisol level yeah right and so I think, you know, follow a ketogenic diet and heal your adrenal gland. And then once you're you know, exactly. feeling better and your adrenal is back to normal function, then maybe take on intermittent fasting. Exactly. And that's what I always say. People always ask me, well, what should I do? Should I, um, should I do both at the same time? You know, start ketogenic and intermittent fasting. I said, no, do a follow, get your ketogenic diet under control first. Yes and then take on that. But yeah, I mean, I have seen, there have been issues. I think it has to do with your cortisol levels with, with right. the adrenals. Yeah. And don't you think, because um, you were saying how you did those 30 days and I, it reminded me that when I very first started um, doing ketogenic, um, doing, following the ketogenic diet, I had a book by Maria Emmerich, Emmerich. Um, mm -hmm. She has a lot of different books, but this one particular book she had was like a, a ketogenic cleanse type thing. Mm. And she didn't include dairy and it mm -hmm. seemed like one other thing perhaps, but anyways, it was a very clean and it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the ketotarian type thing. There was mm. definitely no dairy, but it seems like there was something else. But anyhow, that was the first ketogenic book that I purchased and mm -hmm. I followed it and I, I dropped weight right from the beginning because I love cheese. And so I think we, even people following, I do too. Yeah. we can tend to overdo the cheese. 
Because if you That's eat right. cheese, you get carbs, right? <laughs> That's right. That, and I see people overdo the protein, like the, um, you know, like I have patients like, oh, I, you know, I've been eating five sausages, <laughs> five, or, you know, the big sausages. Right. And, you know, and I'm like, whoa, that's a ton of protein, not to mention nitrates and all of that. But you, anyways, back to, yeah. Can you expound on like kind of what happens when you do eat too much protein on the ketogenic diet? When you, when you eat too much protein, I mean, it'll, it'll convert over to um, actually like not really sugar, but it's hard to metabolize and, mm -hmm. and your body um, will not readily make as much ketones. Right. You know, kind of see it as, I mean, it's not a carbohydrate, but kind of, it almost is like it sees it as a carbohydrate and you, it'll bump you out of ketosis mm -hmm. pretty fast. So it kind of slows you down. And can slow you down. So you got to watch that. And then it's just not good for your liver to process all that. And um, so, yeah, you have to limit the protein. Um, and, and not only that, but it's not good for your mitochondria. It interferes with mitochondrial right. functioning. I feel like it's the same with cheese, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think with cheese, too. Yeah. I think it's important to limit cheese. And I love cheese, too. It's like, oh. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, because once you go past a certain amount of cheese, it does like accumulate some carbohydrates. Um, oh yeah, especially oh, yeah. pasteurized yeah. cheese. I feel like so pasteurized. Yeah, thing where people have to be careful. So yeah, um, and that's yeah, and that's what I see a lot of mistakes with like with people that I've my, my patients that I put on the ketogenic diet is they eat a lot of cheese or they eat a lot of protein and just and. It, they're like, I don't know why I'm losing weight. <laughs> so anyway. Well, it, it can be hard. Um, it can be. Yeah. So what is a, what do you think would be a good way for someone? Well, what I was going to say, let me back up to the ketogenic cleanse, that one book by Maria Emmerich that I was mm -hmm. um, mentioning. Mm -hmm. The first couple of weeks that I was following that, you know, I just ate, you know, regular three meals a day. But after like a couple of weeks, I just got to the point where I didn't want breakfast. I wasn't hungry at all. And so, right, you, yeah. And so I yeah. kind of stopped eating breakfast. And then mm -hmm. the longer I was on this ketogenic cleanse, the less hungry I got. And I was just like, yeah. wow, this is crazy. Sometimes yeah. I, because mentally I was still in that, well, you need to eat, you need right. to eat. And so I would right. like, try to force myself to eat something because I mm -hmm. thought I needed to eat. And then I finally just realized mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to eat since I'm not hungry and I was fine. And that's how I started intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're in fat burning mode. And once you get to that point and you're in ketosis, you don't feel as hungry. Right. And so that's why it's always tell people do ketogenic diet for 30 days, then incorporate intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting because it's easier to do because you're not as hungry. Right. And so it just <laughs> happened naturally. Are, it yeah. happens naturally. Yeah. And, and like intermittent fasting can be anywhere from 12 hours to all the way up to as long as, you know, 24 hours, if you want. Um, you know, so you could, you could still technically, if, if someone wanted to do 13 hours, I mean, that's perfect too. And that'll like, especially for us women that helps prevent breast cancer or breast, mainly breast cancer reoccurrence if you have a history of it, so. Hmm. Okay, that's good yeah. to know. Another thing that I noticed when I first started on um, ketogenic um, was that I started sleeping more soundly. 
Do you right. know any reason why that would happen? Like how am, I know sleep is super important for weight loss. Um, but do you, I mean, yeah. like, what are the connections there? I think it has something to do with mainly the carbohydrate metabolism and um, you're not consuming as much sugar and your body doesn't have to process that sugar. And so as at night, you're going to have more restful sleep. Mm. So I think it just, it, um, sometimes people initially, they're adjusting to keto will have a little bit of an issue with sleep oh. because of, because of the adjustment, the ketosis and it might have something to do with the adrenal glands, you know, everything's trying to kind of recalibrate itself. But once that kind of gets under control and then, yeah, people find that they do sleep better. Um, and I've noticed that myself. It's like, if I have a day where I'm, I consume more sugar than, which I don't eat sugar, but like even sugar, say like from fruit or mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like mangoes. Like I love mango, like the mango slices. <laughs> like one day I eat way too many of them. I mean, they're so addicting. And then like the next night I was like, or that night rather, I was like wide awake. Right. <laughs> my body's not, my pancreas is like, what are you doing? This is too much, you know? And because our <laughs> And, it, and it'll wake your, it'll kind of stimulate your adrenal glands, which will, therefore, your adrenal glands can also, will release cortisol and wake you up at night. So, yeah. so it's yeah. all connected. And so it's probably has something to do. That's what I, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's interesting that you said that the adrenal gland, like if you have issues with the adrenal gland, it will wake you up at night. Yeah. What is it? Why is that? What happens? Well, it's like your cortisol levels, I think, are, is what's doing it. Also, like if you're, if you're hyper stimulated, like your adrenals are really stimulated during the day, like you're have a really stressful day, that too will also trigger like a, what we call a sympathetic response, get mm -hmm. you into that fight or flight mode. And then at night, it'll affect you. And it, I think it all has to do with like the cortisol levels. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very yeah. interesting. And I think, I think a lot of people have, um, too much cortisol from stress. Like it starts to build up, that's but, right. uh, that's right. some of us like myself have too much <laughs> cortisol and I think, well, that's, that's probably me too. I'm, I've been taking, um, my naturopath has me on a supplement for my adrenal glands to calm them down. Let's calm yeah. them down. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I think that's really important if people, you know, if you're listening and you are experiencing, um, sleep disturbances, that that is definitely, definitely. an area to look into. Have your cortisol tested. tested um, what kind time. of cortisol testing do you do? Do you bl do blood or saliva? Well, right now I'm, um, well, usually saliva is what I've done in the past saliva and I've done some blood testing too. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I wasn't sure which was more accurate, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I like this. So that's saliva. something really yeah. important to pay attention to. And then another thing that I feel like is, is, um, kind of a, a missing link that people tend to overlook and you have this on your website. And I loved that you included this on your start here page. Um, because yeah. I believe that this has a lot to do with why people mm -hmm. can't sleep and that is EMFs. Can you exactly. go into that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I'm actually going to be doing an article on this very soon. Um, there's just so much to cover. <laughs> it's like, right. Um, but um, 
EMFs basically stand for um, their electromagnetic fields. And basically we get rate, what they are is radiation that we are getting from our cell phones, like smartphones, computers, TVs, microwaves. Nowadays, I've heard that even washing machines and vacuum cleaners, like household appliances are emitting this uh, radiation. So it's, it's everywhere. So it's like, what do we do? It's like, we can't really live without these devices. I mean, we can't just toss our, our computer away or our smartphone. So, I mean, I guess we just have to kind of adjust. I mean, luckily there are things that we can get to help mitigate this radiation. But anyway, back to some of the problems that they cause, I've read anywhere from chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, autism, hypothyroidism, diabetes, Alzheimer's. Um, I'm sure you've heard all this. Um, mm -hmm. the, some other ones that um, it's like cancer. Um, I've had a few patients that have had, um, it's like they continuously use their cell phone on one side and they've had what they call a glioblastoma on that side that they've we found and you're seeing more and more people like that now yeah. or tumors in their heart. I mean, it's just, it's constant and, and people just, they're kind of just ignorant to this either that, or they just don't want to accept it. They think it's some kind of, I don't know, like a, like conspiracy theory. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's and really, so, really I mean, weird. but there are things you can do about it. And one thing that yeah. I, um, I have an earthing mat. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of earthing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can get a mat and, um, it, it's, it's like grounding and mm -hmm. so you can put it, say like, for example, this is my workspace and the mat goes like underneath the desk and you can put your feet on it throughout the day. So yeah, okay. that's really nice. cool. And then another thing that I've done is I don't know if you've seen these or not. This is um, this is Pella puts this out. I actually got this because I am into waste-free living and stuff and trying to reduce waste. And this is like a, oh yeah yeah yeah. So this is compostable, um, like a zero waste type phone case. But they have these little inserts that you can put in that will reduce radiation but it doesn't interfere with reception and you just get it and like stick it into your where phone. did you get that pella yeah i'll send you the link it's yeah, super send me cool the link on that. Yeah. So i bought one of these for all of our phone cases and it's too like i'll, I'll put the link in there so if you're listening okay. read more about yeah. how it works but it draws the radiation like away from your body um i don't know but it's pretty cool so and, and, you know, my son, you know, he's very techy and he's like, oh, I can't believe you believe that conspiracy theory about the EMFs and stuff. And I'm like, well, let's just say if I'm wrong, I spend a little money on something extra. But if I'm right, you know, and I don't do anything about it, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I'd rather err on the side of caution and try to avoid Absolutely. it if I Absolutely. can. So, yeah, I get that. It's, you know, some people think it's hokey or whatever, but. Right. I'm going to err on the side of caution. And, yeah. And I think part of the problem is we don't have long-term studies of what these things do to us. Exactly. Okay. Cause you, you think about it, it's just like these smartphones are just coming to pass over what the last 10, well, 
10, 11, 12 years, we've really, you know, I remember I first got my iPhone back in 2011, you know, and they had been out for just a few years. And so we don't have long-term data, you know, it's just like, I always compare it to like the tobacco companies and cigarette smoking. Okay. For the longest time people were like, Oh, this is great. Let's smoke. It relaxes you. It was cool. It relaxes you. Well, once they got long-term data and they started figuring out that big tobacco was killing people Mm -hmm. and all these all the litigation started to occur. So it's the same thing. We, we are in the infancy of all this stuff. And so we don't really know. And, but you know what, like you buying stuff to protect yourself and I'm about that too. And, you know, we were looking into, um, my husband and I were looking into, it's called a key device. It's spelled Q I. The thing is, is they're kind of pricey, mm-hmm. but, um, they really help with the radiation and um, you can get one for your home that will cover like up to 3000 square foot of your house. Wow. Or you can get one for like a big building, like for like a three story building. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You can also get one to carry in your purse or like, I don't know if you could could probably, a guy could probably put it in their pockets. I'm not sure, but it, that one will cover up to about three to five feet of radiation. So there are things, I don't have one of these yet, but I was looking into getting one, you know, Mm -hmm. I was looking definitely. Um, What we do at night is we turn off our Wi-Fi because I feel like the Wi-Fi interferes with my sleep. Mm -hmm. So, and I try to do things like I put my phone in airplane mode if I'm carrying it on me or, I just try to do little things to try to help. So, yeah, I agree. I also put my phone on airplane mode. I know some people don't do that. Like my husband won't because, you know, he thinks if someone were to try to like an emergency kind of situation, but I, I definitely put mine on and I make my kids do that as well. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's important to be aware of these things at least then you can make, um, based on knowledge as opposed to just not even knowing about it. I think it's really important to at least look into these things and see what you can do about it. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you before we go, um, you have an article about opening your chakras. And so we talked a little bit about this, um, like crystals and different things like that. And one of my daughters is really, I don't know if she still is, but for a while she was um, into these stones and different things. And, um, but I really wanted to focus on the chakras. So at first I was like, is this hokey or is this some kind of like, I know um, I felt the same way when I first religion or something. So I read a little bit about it and I think, you know, you can be a Christian and, you know, open your chakras. Absolutely. Cause I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So please tell me a little bit about that and what it has to do with our health. So the chakras are little energy centers, okay? And we have, um, there's seven that we acknowledge, but actually we have more chakras than that. Um, I've read there's some things, even up to 21. Of course, I don't mention any of those. I've only done three articles on chakras in my blog so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chakras, basically the energy centers are tied to any kind they can be associated with disease, basically. So let's let's take the root chakra for instance. It's at the base of the spine. 
So when this chakra is out of balance, um, sometimes we feel an inability to trust nature. Um, it also can lead us to feel like we're not connected with earth or we have issues with our needs being met, like safety, or um, we're worried about um, fear, we don't feel safe around us. I mean, so if we continue to worry about stuff like this, that our needs not being met and that we have fear, it can actually manifest energetically, it can turn into a physical ailment, like a dysfunction mm -hmm. over a long period of time. So um, some of the things that it could turn into would be like um, hemorrhoids, uh, arthritis, depression, uh, weight problems. It could even cause stuff like rectal tumors or cancer. Now this is just in the root chakra, okay? When they're out of balance, you, you'll kind of feel it because you could have lower back pain or like I said before, if you, if, if that chakra is out of balance, you, you won't feel safe or you'll feel insecure. So the thing is, it's like, well, how do I get it back in balance? Well, to get this chakra in balance, you would have to do things like, or you don't have to do things, but you, you could do things <laughs> like meditation yeah, or yoga or um, grounding like what you do, like mm -hmm. with the with the mat, the grounding mat, that's a really good idea. Or even grounding out in nature, like I'll go out and I'll hike and um, I'll just take off my boots and my socks and I'll just right. put my feet on the ground and I'll feel it. And it's just so wonderful. And, and that will help to align that specific chakra. So that's only one of the seven. I mean, that we have seven and they go up the body. And so each chakra um, has different ways that it can be off. You know what I'm saying? The, mm -hmm. Like different emotions or different ways that you can tell it's off. And then once you know your chakra is out of line, then you have to think, okay, well, what can I do to get this chakra back in line? Or so, because, you know, a lot of, and I think the whole premise is a lot of people don't realize that illness or disease can be caused by any kind of emotion or stress or energetic level. They all feel like it's all from physical, like, um, you know, not eating organic foods, which not, a lot of it is from that. But right. what, I guess what my purpose is, is I want people to learn that um, illness can also be caused from stress and not having these chakras in line. Right. So, and, and it's something that I've learned recently. I've just learned this over the last year about the chakras, actually. And um, like you, I felt, oh my gosh, this is kind of hokey. I don't know if I believe in this. But once I learned and I just, I, I just felt better about it. And it just, it, it was like, wow, it was just an enlightening experience. And how I learned is I went to a naturopath locally and he has a, a machine that can actually check the alignment of your chakras. Wow. And not only that, he checked each of my, he can check each of your organs um, energetically to see how they're doing. Right. And so I had um, a few um, things that were out of balance and he has helped me with that. And he's helped me with 
um, you know, with different supplements and that kind of thing. And of course I've had to help myself, you know, and, and I, I try to eat as healthy as I can and I do things like meditate and I pray and, mm -hmm. and you know, Right. When I first started um, reading about this, and I think even you had written something that I read about, and mm -hmm. I was like, is this, is, is this like really a thing? But then basically chakras are just energy centers, right? Energy. Yeah, it's just energy centers. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and when you think about it, you know, I think God would have obviously created pathways for energy to flow throughout our body. I mean, God is an energetic Absolutely. being. Absolutely. And so like, I, I feel like it just depends on where you're coming from. Obviously, if you are, you know, a Christian and, and you wouldn't want to practice another religion, the same with like a Hindu no. or a Buddhist or what, not maybe wanting to practice Christianity. But yeah. um, I, I really think it's what you make out of it. And I do think that, you know, that God created energetic pathways in our he body did. and yeah. he energy. So it kind of makes sense. Um, There's a good energy there. flow can be disrupted. Yeah. And so, I mean, like it's the same with acupuncture. Acupuncture is just redirecting exactly. energy flow right? Yeah. yeah. Chinese medicine. That's kind of what they focus on. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much more advanced over that <laughs> than, than we are in a lot of that different mm -hmm. stuff. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, so we have, we have a lot of influences that prevent us from getting to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic. So. Right. And obviously this is something that we could go on and on about. On it, yeah, Just, yeah. Um, hopefully I'll be looking forward to reading more on your website about that because I know um, I've learned a lot um, just from Good. the, the yeah. things that you've written so far. And it really like stimulated my brain to start thinking in that direction. So that was pretty cool. Um, so I guess Good. we'll wrap That's it up. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll wrap it up for today and I'm looking forward to reading more of your articles about ketogenic, the ketogenic lifestyle and also more about chakras, because like I said, that's find that very fascinating. And I think maybe goes hand in hand with some other alternative therapies, like, like I said, acupuncture or rolfing and different things like that. So we can explore yeah. those maybe in the future. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'll be writing more on those. Well, thank you for being here today. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Well, thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs>Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.